Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two minutes. Swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to answer some mailbag questions with our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the ultra bang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Yesterday we answered some questions, so today let's answer some more. And without any further ado, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, why didn't the Jets try to get Brian Flores on the staff like a special assistant coach he proved he can beat the Patriots and has great knowledge within the division wouldn't it seem wise to try and get him in the building with that coaching experience the problem with these situations with coaches getting added to staffs is and Chris we've talked about this a lot so much of this comes down to relationships and who people are comfortable with I'll start with that. Think if Flores had some sort of connection to one of the guys on the Jets staff, that might have been something they'd do. But I don't know if they have any connection to him whatsoever. I haven't heard of any. And also, it's possible that there could be guys on the staff that don't even get along with him, which 
leads to my second point in talking to people that are very familiar with the situation that went down in Miami. A big part of why Flores was forced out is because he got into a power struggle with the general manager. He got into a power struggle with the owner. That's a power struggle you're obviously never going to win. And he was notoriously difficult to work with. In fact, you've seen a lot of the reports, but I've heard that especially what he did with Tua was not looked upon very kindly by a lot of the people in the organization. So it could just be that he didn't have connections to anyone on the staff. It could be also that he had that reputation for being difficult. I really couldn't tell you. I think he's in a good spot, though, in Pittsburgh because Mike Tomlin is as secure as possible. And by the way, that's another part of this, too. Remember, Robert Sala going into year number two as a head coach. It's possible that he would have been insecure bringing in a guy who has head coaching experience. Maybe he would have thought that if things go badly, Flores could have been the natural replacement. Remember, self-preservation always plays into this stuff. So there's a lot that plays into this, but I think that Flores wound up in a good spot for him in Pittsburgh with Tomlin, who, as I said, is as secure as it gets and can handle pretty much anything we've seen. He handled Antonio Brown for years, so if he could handle that, he could handle literally any problem that could arise on the coaching staff, the front office, or with the players. So I think it worked out for the best all around, but as far as why the Jets didn't add him, there are a lot of layers here, and you got to remember how these things work in terms of league-wide politics and in terms of coaches thinking as far as self-preservation and relationships and all of that. Yes, to everything you said, and then just some more wrinkles in here. Ego. <clears throat> Ego is part of it. Mm -hmm. Also, system. Um, you know, the Robert Saleh runs his system. He's very particular about his system. You guys have heard me talk about this before, uh, you know, all last year when the linebackers were really getting killed, uh, that they're just sending the inside defensive line guys up and those linebackers are just getting killed because he didn't have the horses to run that system and he stubbornly clung to it. Um, so you, you bring Brian Flores in, who's going to be, uh, who, who's going to sit there and a lot of his advice is going to be mix things up and be more versatile and this stuff. And that's going to clash with uh, Robert Sala. It's just not a good match in that. And then, like you said, uh, you know, bringing in that the head coach, but then also I, I've heard all the same things about, uh, about him being hard to work with, about the different types of stances he was, trying to make within the locker room, the way he uh, – even just look at uh, what he was doing with Kenny Stills uh, at, at the beginning of that first training camp and then the way he handled to a situation and he purposely, like, made things uh, uncomfortable there. And then you also add in the factor of he's suing the NFL. Not a lot of other teams are, are even going to be on board with that. Uh, it, you hit the nail on the head with the Tomlin, everything about Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin is not uh, there, I don't, I don't see anyone else doing it. And, uh, it, like, obviously Tomlin is secure enough in his job. Uh, he's not – he doesn't have to worry about that. He's – no one's going to be like, oh, Brian Flores is now going to be trying to undermine him and take you. That's that, none of that is happening. Uh, Mike Tomlin has, you know, outside of Bill Belichick, and he might even have more 
I could actually see Kraft just getting fed up with Belichick and just being like, whatever, I'm just done with you. Well, and also, Chris, let's remember that Tomlin is much younger and he's more likely to be there a long time. Belichick could walk away at any time. He is diabolical and seems to be married to the job, so maybe he ends up there another 25 years against all logic. But it could certainly happen that he walks away within the next couple of years, whereas Tomlin probably has job security for a really, really long time unless things go incredibly poorly at some point in Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. But it's just just like, you know, Belichick, if he's planning on staying, he's not going to be threatened by bringing in Flores. And and either is uh, Tomlin, but I'm saying I think that Belichick should be more threatened by that. And it's just because of his abrasive personality. I could just see a, a, a situation where Kraft would be like, I'm just done with this. And I can't really see a situation where the Roonies are just like, we're just done with Tomlin unless – you know, things just completely fall apart. But we know how Pittsburgh does. They'll give him two or three years to just be an absolute disaster. And we've also seen how horrible their rosters have been in some years. And he's always finding a way to get to eight and eight. I know we can't get to eight and eight anymore, maybe eight eight and one, but he's, he's always finding a way. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Simi1973. He says, is QBs getting together with their wide receivers to train in the offseason offsite normal around the league? Or is it more of a thing that young QBs do? Same question about the Jets take flight series since they've done the last few years. Do other teams do this typically? The production is on par with hard knocks. Do other teams follow suit? Thanks. 
So the first part of this question, I do think it's more of a young QB thing, although you have heard stories about Tom Brady having private workouts with Gronk and guys like that. So, yeah, I'm sure there are veteran quarterbacks that do things like that, but it does tend to be more of a bonding experience involving a young quarterback as far as I can tell. And as far as take flight, I think there are a few other teams that do stuff like this. I know that the Colts do something where they take you inside the war room. It's all very different, but the production for most of these teams is going to be high level because we're talking about billion-dollar businesses here. I don't want to say that it's like so common that like every team every year is having these types of you know retreats and all that, but it's closer to that than it is that you know than the Jets are the only team doing this. I do think it tends to skew to the younger ones, but I also think that it tends to be publicized more with the younger ones. And it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they're still doing a lot of this stuff, but they don't want anybody to know about it. They, they, want, to, they don't want anybody to know they're doing this. There's, there is a, a, a part of it that's just like, hey, I'm trying to make this team, I'm trying to make it in this league, and I want you to know that we're putting in the work. Um, you know, you all see it if you get on Instagram or it, back in the day, it, it doesn't happen as much with Twitter, but you would go on Twitter and like six o'clock in the morning, you get rising grind and everybody's showing that they're working out at like five in the morning. It is all right, cool. And like you do it. But a lot of that is just to let you know, I'm putting in the work. And so I think that happens, tends to get skewed more towards the younger audience which is completely understandable. Again, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they might talk about some of it, but they don't want you to, they don't want you to know exactly where they're doing this stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I think that's also just something that just happens in general as you get older. As you, when you're younger, you tend to be broadcast things more. You tend to just be more open with stuff. And now you get older, I don't need all that. Well, let's just go and quietly do our thing. Um, but then that's also an ego and security thing as well, because we're talking. I'm I'm mentioning Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Those two guys are pretty safe and secure in their shit. They don't they don't need to worry about you know showing proving that they're doing the work. Uh, as far as the the other stuff, I I, I definitely can't answer that because I have not sat there and looked around to see what you know all the other social media teams and and all they're doing but the i think what you said is a good way of putting it i think that a lot of teams they try to find like something that they can do whether it's a training camp thing or the colts doing the war room stuff i think there was another team that's done some of that stuff as well i i think a lot of that ha- tries to do it but i we're in a new you know, a weird spot. Uh, I we talked about this a lot, just the way media is changing now. And now you see so many athletes being like, we don't really need the media. We can kind of be the media ourselves, or we can choose to go to, you know, the I am athlete and go sit down and talk to a Brandon Marshall and Ocho Cinco. And they can talk to those guys instead of talking to reporters. And now teams are figuring out, Hey, we can do all this stuff in the house. So they're, they're playing around with the different things. And also what just like uh, these teams are doing, just like what every company, you know, billion dollar company around the world is doing is they're hiring young people and they're saying, hey, 
come up with something cool for us to do that can draw in attention and fans for us. And it's just going to depend on what young people they hire and what ideas pop into their head to do that. And the production level, I, you know, I haven't watched any of the take flight this year. I watched uh, some of it last year and I was blown away by the production level. I was like, this is insanely good quality. I was, I was like, Hey, I, I'm not the fan that you guys are, so I wasn't quite as invested. I couldn't stick with it, but I was blown away and impressed by the production quality, and I can understand why fans would eat it up. I, I just think you're seeing a lot of tinkering, and over the next couple of years, I, I would expect that most teams are going to look around the league and they're going to be like, look at what the Jets, uh, you know, PR social team is doing with this stuff. Let's try to emulate that as well. And then at the same time, the Jets will probably look at what the Colts are doing with the war room stuff and be like, let's try if we see if we can kind of steal some of that. So you're going to see a lot over these next couple of years. Media is going to continue to change and it's, it's not always going to be for the good. It's not always going to be for the worse. But it is going to end up with a lot more in the players' hands and in the team's hands. Next question comes in from Stephen Schaefer. He says, who was more fun at press conferences, Rex Ryan or Herm Edwards? <laughs> oh, you're talking about two of the all-time greats. I don't know how to even answer this. I think it's a draw. Both of them were so entertaining on a consistent basis in different ways. But my goodness, you have so many memorable quotes and so many memorable <coughs> press conferences from both of those guys. I miss both of them when it comes to that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that I miss them in terms of them being the head coach because they both were very flawed as head coaches. But as far as just the entertainment factor, those are the two best coaches in Jets history, bar none. If, if, if anybody wants a definitive answer to this, I think they got to lean and press you for it because my, I, I didn't cover Herm. So I, if, if I just, and now I, I've watched and listened to plenty of press conferences with Herm. So I, I'm aware. And if, if I do that, I can put them at pretty much equally, but I covered Rex. I, I covered every year of Rex, except for that first year. So there's just so much more that sticks out in my head. Um, especially my, my favorite thing I always like to talk about with, the, with Rex was, you guys know if you ever listen to press conferences, how, uh, how reporters, we, we can sometimes get stuck on like one little question. And then if the question isn't answered to our liking, they will be re-asked like 12 different times. Just, you know, change the word wording a little bit, but it's the same question. Whenever that would happen, I would just like blurt out the first like football related question I could think of that would pop in my head. No matter how like just dumb and meaningless it, it was, I would just blurt it out. And every time Rex would just be like, <sighs> breathe a sigh of relief swing his head over to me and just give me a look like, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, I, I can't be objective here. And, and really, I, I, my guess is the answer is Rex anyway, just because it, it, there was a little more, it, it could go, I mean, it could go anywhere with Herm too. But it could go even more anywhere with Rex, if that makes sense. I think I think Rex could branch out and cover a little bit more ground in the, what, where did that come from? Where are you going with that? Um, but 
I, I it's hard for me to answer completely because again, my bias is definitely leaning towards Rex just because I covered him and I have way more memories in my head. Like I said, that's like asking me to choose between two children. I can't do it. They're both so funny and entertaining at press conferences. And very few coaches at any level have ever provided that level of entertainment for the fans of the team at press conferences. It just doesn't happen a lot. And the Jets had two of them in the same century. So as Jets fans, we may not have been able to watch a lot of successful football for this team the last few years, but we sure have had some fun coaches. Next question comes in from Godson5. He said, it really feels like this is different and times are changing for the better. I truly believe the Jets have the right GM coach and quarterback and dare I say even offensive coordinator am I wrong to be continued it looks like it's trending in the right direction but there's no way to know that yet we have to see actual results on the field first yeah I I, I agree with you uh, uh what I'll say is I you know again I've covered this team for a long time uh I've seen fans be optimistic with reason I've seen fans be optimistic with negative reason to be optimistic um i i believe right now outside of you know that first year and even that the second year uh just coming off the back-to-back afc championships run the the hope was there thinking that that would continue aside from that i think this is easily the best you should feel about all of that about the the GM, the coach, the coordinator, and even the quarterback and the players on the roster. I, I don't even think it it's close. Like, the gap is so significant between that. Now, the problem is, obviously, but they haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. So what I'm comparing it to is not good. Is it going to be good enough? That's, that's where the problem comes. And interestingly enough, I probably have my the most questions about the head coach. Um, we've talked about this too. I am overall a believer in Salah as a good coach. I do think that, that the good outweighs uh, some of the bad. But I've talked about that there, there's a few little stubborn things with him that, that concern me that I just I, – I would like some more flexibility from my head coach in certain areas. Now, the, the floor, I'm all on board there, but we'll, we'll see you know, how long does he stick around for if, if everything's going good. But that's, you know, that's one of those good problems to have. So I, I, am, I am much – I'm more of a believer in Joe Douglas than you, I think. Not by a lot because you, you have a little more questions about him overall than I do. And I think that I, that's probably not even the best way to – phrase it because I think I had those same questions I think I'm just more in the I don't know how much better you can do to him than him right now or trust the Jets to find somebody better than that so that's that's where I am with it but yeah it's still we're still talking about the Jets they like I don't care what you do who you put in there it's it's gonna have to prove it and they're gonna have to prove it before any of us can feel comfortable with any of it Next question comes in from J.P. Waxer. He says, unless there are camp injuries, I can't decide which defensive linemen could get cut, but just based on numbers, there have to be some, right? 
I've talked about this before, but Chris, I don't think you've had an opportunity to really discuss this on the show. What are your thoughts on the depth chart here with the defensive lineman and who could get cut or possibly traded? A guy like Bryce Huff, to me, is a possible candidate to get dealt for a late round pick if he does well in training camp, but they feel like there's just a log jam there. I've talked about that before, and then obviously there are certain veterans that could hit the chopping block. What do you think? I, it's it's definitely possible. Listen, this is um, the deep spot of the roster, no question. Um, so, and that's how you look anytime. Uh, anywhere in any sport you want to improve your team, you look at where you're the strongest and say, can we, can we give a little up here to find, to, you know, cover up for weaknesses somewhere else. So it, it's definitely possible. And, Bryce Huff would be uh, a good name to throw into that as an option. But we've talked about this a lot. The, the This is one of those things that stubborn, that Salah is stubborn about that I wish he had a little more flexibility with. I do, in general, agree with the idea of trying to create like a heavy rotation with your defensive lineman. In a vacuum, I think that is an absolute – great way to go about it you want to keep guys fresh keep them in and out i just would like a little more flexibility on going a little playing your star players a little bit more but we know that he wants that rotation and if he's going to stick stubbornly to that rotation then try to get as many guys that are as close to as good as Quinn and Williams as possible. Because if you're, if you're taking Quinn and Williams off the field for, you know, somebody who might make some rosters, but isn't making every roster in the league, then I'm going to be like, what are you doing? Play Quinn and Williams more. I get your, your whole theory percentage snaps, blah, 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 but you can't do that. Now, if you're taking Quinn and Williams off the field because you're throwing some, you know, John Franklin Myers type of caliber player in there. Okay, we can, we can, uh, I can live with that a little bit more. So that, I, I, I lean to thinking that they will just be deep there. Um, it's not too much money tied up in any of that stuff right now. And like, like you mentioned Bryce Huff, and I think that's probably the name that I would pick if you were one of those guys were to be moved. But Bryce Huff isn't making a ton of money. That's not freeing up any type of crazy money for them there. So I don't know that they have a, a real like need or desire to push to do any type of that thing like that. And I think Salah will be sitting there being like, you know what? No, let's just keep all these guys. And as as the tweeter mentioned, the, the injuries are going to happen. They're going to come. Um, you know, maybe not for full season. Maybe just guy misses out here and there. So. Uh, I I would lean to them not looking to do uh, to trade any of these guys. I think that most likely that you know there will be injuries pop up there and that, but they're going to try to keep as much of that rotation going as strong as they can. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com and above all that, a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Chris is doing at C. Nimbley and at Jets Insider is his Twitter 
and JetsInsider.com is where you can find his work. PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel is where you can find everything going on with Play Like a Jet. We've got some fantastic written content. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some outstanding All-22 breakdowns on our channel of the Jets' entire 2022 rookie class. So watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.